This week on the BOAG World Web Design Podcast, we discuss whether you need design sign-off and what role ethics plays in the industry. Hello and welcome to BioWorld.com, the podcast for all those involved in designing, developing and running websites on a daily basis. My name's Paul Bioag and joining me via crackly phone line, at least for me, if not for you, is Marcus Lillington. Hello Paul, is my phone line crackly? Uh, no, I've got I've got a rubbish line, haven't I? Don't you remember all the broadband problems I've had? Oh yeah. So I've got like noise on the line. But then it isn't, apparently. Every time a BT engineer comes around, it miraculously goes quiet. It's like <laughs> when you go to the doctors, you instantly feel better, don't you, the moment you step into a doctor's surgery. Yeah, I, I haven't been to the doctors for, for many a moon. Uh, I, I, I have a, I, you gave me a special treat this afternoon, Paul. Did I? Um, because I've got a, an old-fashioned phone on my desk, yes. which I have which I use for dialing out because it's got curly wire and it's solid and it doesn't it isn't all crackly um, but I have it permanently forwarded to my mobile right quite sensible but I had to turn it off when you rang it did that lovely old ringy ringy oh a proper old fashioned ringy ringy yeah yeah with a bell and everything that is awesome <laughs> I like that a lot <laughs> I haven't had a phone like that for years. I might have to go and buy one, especially for when we record the podcast remotely like this. It is my it is my desk phone. That sounds brilliant. I'm going to get one of them. Yeah. You can even get ones that um, you can dock your iPhone with. Have you seen those? No. It's like an old-fashioned phone, and you dock your iPhone, and then you can... Not only does it charge the iPhone, you can also take calls via the phone. It's so Ooh. funny. That'd be great. I know. I've got this. This some. I can't remember who it was. Dreadful, isn't it? Somebody bought it for me for a Christmas present a couple of years ago. Ah. And it's great. And it's really good. As I say, I always use it to dial out. But because it hasn't got an answering machine or anything like that, and it's always handy to be um, forwarding to your mobile, it's just permanently on forward. There you go. So, there you go. I have to say, Paul, in the intro, it sounded like something about we were, we had to pay attention to Essex. Is that not Essex. Right? Essex. <laughs> honestly (laughs) now we're going to talk about ethics and whether whether you know becoming a web designer you're essentially selling your soul okay interesting it's going to be quite good and we're also talking about design sign off and we'll have a big old argument about that which would be good (laughs) so that that's good but we've managed to get oh what how many minutes into the podcast we are without talking about all of the new cool apple goodies that have come along yeah, I've spent about two days downloading stuff, and I haven't really noticed any difference, apart from the, be- the better design on the calendar. Yes, yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm, I haven't used pages or Keynote or numbers yet. Well, I've been using Keynote, um, because I, I, <laughs> this, this is gonna, I'm going to make a load of um, UX specialists now roll their eyes. I like to um, wireframe in Keynote. Don't ask me why, it just works for me. Um, and um, the new keynote is lovely. Really like it. Really like it indeed. Very I guess cool. the problem with wireframing in keynote is sharing it and changing it. No, you can save that as a PDF. No, but then you can't. Somebody else can't easily change it. Oh no, no, I don't. Yes, but then then that works perfectly for me because obviously when I do it, it's perfect. And if anyone else touched it, they would only ruin it. 
Um, maybe there. Maybe we've just found the flaw. I, I don't think that's a flaw. I think that that that's a plus because it it prevents amateurs coming along and ruining my quality work. I don't think that's quite true, is it, Paul? Is it not? No. I want you should it be, to be using Axure like the rest of us. Yeah, but then to see the problem with that is that's just a, similar, just the same that you have to have Axure in order to be able to edit it. How much is Keynote? Oh, free now. How much is Axure? Flipping fortune. No, but you can do not good. Yeah, it is. It is expensive. That's true, but that's because it's stable, um, and it does. It has Keynote the, stable. Uh, compared to other oh other um, wireframing yeah, other yeah. wireframing tools that give you plugins um, to do stuff you know like drop down menus bam done uh, I'm assuming Keynote doesn't do that well it actually does like um, it, what I've done is download you can download um, various people have kind of mocked up common elements like drop down menus and you know all the things that you use on a normal website so you just drag them and drop them into your page right so when you publish it to a url they actually work oh no 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 no! it's not a prototyping tool you can't use keynote for prototyping no in that case you need axure axure what is it axure axure i don't like it it's a horrible app runs like crap on my old macbook air as well (laughs) oh that's the second reference to my old macbook air (laughs) because my macbook air is struggling to run run maverick (laughs) and his um, skype is shit on it so there's only one thing for it, Marcus. Uh, absolutely. A new MacBook Pro. Have you seen the new MacBook Pro? No. Oh, I made that up. There isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> there no. was, wasn't there? There was a while ago. There was the 13-inch Retina, which I nearly bought. What I need, what I think I need is a Mac Pro. One of those, you know, the vases, the black vase that you can put your plants in. Have they come out yet? No, they're coming out in December. Okay. It's total overkill for me. Because, like, you know, I want a 12-core mac pro in order to run skype and open keynote presentations <laughs> i don't think you do what you need paul is um what was the other thing they launched ipad air that's the one no i don't want one of them you might snap it uh no i'm gonna i'm gonna get um the the ipad mini retina instead I've decided I like the size of the iPad Mini more than the the full blown iPad. So do I, much more. Yeah, but I there did... is no such thing as an iPad Mini Retina, is there? Yeah, there is. They released that too. Mm. I'm not making that. One I up. missed that. Ah, so you got to pay attention. Right, go and go and talk to yourself for a while. So it's got all the same innards as the the iPad Air, basically, but is a smaller screen size. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. I, you know, it's faster, blah, blah, blah. Why they didn't put fingerprint readers on it? So that means I'm going to continue this annoying thing that I've got with the, the iPhone 5S. You know, I'm using the fingerprint reader, obviously, on that to open it up. And then I pick up my iPad, put my finger on the button and wait. And, of course, nothing happens. <laughs> so, which is not great. But there you go. Visit. Yes, there it is. It's not ready till the end of November. No, we've got a little bit of a wait on that one, which is annoying. Yeah. But I'm definitely getting one. I'm going to um, I'm going to sell my iPad Mini, um, and then use that money to put it towards the new one. Well, I kind of did that with my new iPhone. Yeah. I got. I basically paid fifty quid for the new one. Yeah, o- you traded in the old one, did yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. Just on, a, on a contract, but. Yeah. Great. So there you go. Um, <laughs> so lots of goodies to play with. Um, but yeah, I, it's all right. 
<laughs> Mavra, I haven't quite got... This, I'm, I'm, you know, it takes a while to find all the little things, the little improvements, and I don't think I've found them all yet, so I'm a bit disinterested in Maverick. Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I didn't really have a problem with the previous operating system, no. so it's kind of like, well, yeah, great. i tell you one thing they have improved, which I, I got very excited about, because you know I use voice dictation a lot. Yes. Well, now um, I don't need Dragon Dictate anymore because their their voice dictation now is local on the machine. So it's not like on the iPhone where it kind of sends it up into the cloud to to translate it and then brings it back down. Okay. So you do it locally on the machine and it's really good. And I really like that. So I'm voice dictating everything. This entire podcast, in fact. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I was going to say, because otherwise it would just be my parts of the podcast and we wouldn't have yours. And I could do that. We wouldn't want to miss your words of wisdom, would we? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. So should we talk about some web design stuff? What the house proposing? What what silly ideas the house has got this week? Uh, we can do. I just want to have a quick moan. Oh, right. <laughs> I said, do we need to make this an official part of the show? Marcus's moan. We could do a jingle and everything. Oh, no, no something. We could. We, oh, can I do a jingle? Yeah, you oh. do a Marcus's moan jingle. <laughs> I'm not going to do Well, I haven't got time to do that at the moment. But yeah, may, maybe I will. I'd like to do some new music one day and I could do some new jingles at the same time. I don't always moan. Normally I just go, oh, and that. But this week it's a moan about the fact that our lovely new office still hasn't got bloody broadband in it. Well, what's the problem with stealing the hotel's broadband next door? <laughs> Can't we just carry on doing that well, forever? It, it keeps stalling, and it's about the same as, you know, running off an old um, wind-up connection. Ah. And we haven't got a meeting room table yet, but I have been told when that's arriving. Oh, when's that arriving? Next Wednesday. So, everybody, listeners here, you heard it here first. <laughs> our, our office table is arriving next Wednesday. Which is kind of handy, because that's when we're recording the next podcast. Hurrah! Yes. That works out well. And also, we've got a client coming over that day. <laughs> yeah, because that would have been interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, having a meeting with no office table. Yeah. But there you go. So, um, yes... Good stuff. Let's talk about um, our debate topics for the day. Okay, so our first debate topic. Now, I'm looking forward to this one because it came up, didn't it? This idea of discussing this came up a few weeks back. I can't remember when. When we were talking about something else. And I I said, I don't think we need to do design sign-off anymore. And you Mm. did this sharp intake of breath. Yeah. And we were about to start arguing about it, and then we thought, no, we shall not. We shall save that argument for another day. And that day has come. Exactly. So you ready? I might have changed my mind by now. Ah, it happens. So this house, in other words, me, um, proposes that we should no longer ask clients to sign off of a design before we build it. Right. Uh, shall I put forward my argument first? Go on, then. I think we need to be moving away. In fact, we already have moved away from the big reveal, haven't we? Yes. Um, so on that basis, if the idea of a design process is to include the client in the process from the beginning, um, to be showing them sketches and wireframes and prototypes and pattern libraries and mood boards and design comps and, and all these other different things, why then... Do they have to sign off the design? Why can't we incrementally improve the site over time? Why does there need to be this one moment where um, they have to say, yes, that is now set in stone and will never change? My problem with it is that that moment puts the client under a lot of pressure. 
it makes them suddenly fret about the um about the 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 um, design that they're doing and then they start obsessing over the details because it has to be right but the reality is with web design that when you create a a design it can and should in fact evolve over a its build and even after it's launched and that actually locking it down just turns it into a piece of print design work and that um and furthermore is that there can be situations where some a client signs off a design and then the developer is, is implementing the design they go well if we just change this bit would save ourselves loads of time but we can't because it's been signed off you know so i actually think sign off is more damaging than it is good and most of all happy cog agree with me the creative director chris from happy cog wrote on the comments and i quote yes i believe the days of the big reveal are over i've been uh, managing massaging the process for years and are focusing on micro sign-offs that move the project forward strategy briefs style boards prototypes full comps if needed style guides etc it's a process of progressive and collaborative exposure to the tasks of solving the design instead of a big one-off comp that solves it all I'm seeing strong traction with clients. They are starting to speak this language too and understand the value. And they are much more involved in assisting um, making the decisions which they love. So, happy cog, if Jeffrey Zeldman's company does it, then it's right. Argument closed. Let's move on. You don't actually believe all of that, do you, Paul? I really do, actually. (laughs) Go on. What's... What's your problem with it? Well, well, first of all, um, uh, I, we're not suggesting, you know, the, this isn't an argument about the big reveal. So that is a, uh, it, it's a tangent to start off with. But that's, a, that's a, a side point. For one, if clients are willing to work on a time and materials basis, then there is no need for a sign-off point, Yes, I would say. So there, ergo... Um, the reason why we need sign-off points um, or the a sign-off of a design is because clients insist on fixed-price projects. Okay, but we don't limit the number of design iterations anyway. So if you're going to talk about a fixed-price project, we should be limiting the number of design iterations. That's one. That's one reason, and it was quite a small reason. The main reason is, um, and to use Chris from Happy Cog's um, words... Uh, he says, I'm seeing strong traction with clients. Well, yes, yeah, so am I, and so are you. And I think for some clients, this argument works. But for others, who will definitely remain nameless, <laughs> um, it doesn't work. Because, frankly, they take the piss. And, they, um, you know, if we, we have an example of it at the moment of a, uh, a kind of big managing director type who was involved at the start and then has pushed it away and and there was sign off and now he's coming in and making changes and pixel pushing later on um and no amount of trying to educate this person um is helping the process so having sign off and saying look this was already signed off um is massively helpful to get this this project completed that's why you need sign off yeah but are you not just focusing the problems at one point which is when the design sign-off happens 
yeah, I'm, I'm arguing that that actually these problems still do arise and they are still a problem just because you know you're just moving them to a different place you're just focusing all the angst and trouble around the the you know the sign off of the design at one specific point in time also bill makes a good point he talks about you know getting sign off on design it's you know that that we focus so heavily on signing off the design that we kind of forget about functionality and the overall purpose of the site you know people is it not just perpetuating the culture of, of design focus when there are so many other things to consider uh, yes, as I say, I'm not. I'm not wholly against the idea. Um, I just don't think it works in practice across the board. So then, uh, how do you know from the outset? Are you not effectively by saying yes, it works with some clients, but there are others who definitely need to do sign off? Are you not effectively saying we've got to get sign off on all projects because we don't know which are the nice clients, or even if the client is nice, we don't know if some manager is going to come and swoop and poop all over the project. I love that expression. I know, I use it whenever I can. <laughs> um, uh, basically, yes, yeah, we're stuffed. Um, <laughs> uh, unle- un- unless we have this kind of huge budget TM, TNM approach, and then, yeah, then you can be a little bit more um, open about it. But there is a but on here that design is a bit different if we're talking about visual design, and that's what we are talking about here. We're talking about agreeing upon fonts, we're talking about agreeing on... Um, colour schemes, that kind of stuff. Um, layout, and I, I can't think of any but, uh, good examples off the top of my head, but we're talking about visual design here. And there are many examples where you do have to kind of agree on on a visual design process or a theme. I mean, uh, uh, you know, the, the visual aspects of a brand is something that has to be agreed upon uh, and is normally written in stone for un- unless it's you know, you know the, this is the, these are the colours that we're going to use uh, from from now on. So, are we all happy with that? Yes, signed off, done. And there is a certain element of that to web design as well. Sure yeah, you- no, I don't. I don't agree with that. I think that's a traditional hangover left from the days of print. We're going to send it off to a print printer. And, you know, and, and so it has to be signed off in blood. The reality is that, mo- you know, quite a lot of design issues can easily be tweaked in the build. Admittedly, things like layout gets a bit complicated. But to change colour across the site is really not that big an issue. Yeah, but it's what you've got, you go through a process of deciding why you have a colour. And then if someone comes in at the end and says, well, actually, I don't, I don't really like that one as much, can we change it? Yeah, but what if, on the other hand, if we do some user testing through the build process and users come back and say that, that you know, the colour is hard to read? Well, so we're we saying we shouldn't change it then? As we agreed last week, we should ignore them. <laughs> I don't think we did agree <laughs> that. I think you said that. <laughs> um, it's... You you know what I'm saying here. If you if you leave this open, somebody will wreck it. Yes, absolutely, and I agree with that. I accept that. But what you're doing is making everybody criminals on the basis that somebody's are going to be a criminal. Yeah, but it's, and it's you're making out that this is such such a dreadful angst ridden process. No, it isn't. It's it's something that you know we're all professionals. We've been doing it for years, and generally nine times out of ten, ninety nine times out of a hundred, it's absolutely fine going through the process. I think that's. I'm not saying it's always angsty. No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that um, I think that there is um, a fine line here. That you know, we are, it's not unusual for us to go round and round in circles with the design when actually what we need to be saying is look, you know. 
we're not getting it with the with, um, with the comps. Let's just move on. Let's move on to the next thing. You know, uh, rather than getting stuck going over and over, endlessly making Photoshop, you know, amendments to a design when we just should be going, okay, that tool's not working. That not approach isn't nailing it. Let's start building some of it. See what it looks like when it's built. When was the last time we did endless iterations of a design? The design process we've got now, as we have been saying for years, um, means that we avoid that. It's nearly every time you'll do one or two versions and everyone's happy because they've been through the process. Um, you know, they were part of the process all the way through. So everyone's like, yeah, great, let's sign it off. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing happy little salesman here. I don't see. I, I, I'd be very interested to talk to Ed and Chris and see whether they agree with that. Well, I mean, uh, the last um, site that um, Ed did was the Royal Hospital one. Oh I mean, yeah, that went swimmingly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, 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 they do sometimes. But equally, I can think of other sites in recent memory that that the design was tweaked and tweaked and changed and changed. But I can't say those because <laughs> otherwise the client might be listening, and then then we would seem bad. Okay, let's have a look. We've been saying a lot what we think. Yes. Let's have a look what other people are thinking. So um, Brad says, I think in terms of signing off or at least um, progressing the project in a way everyone's happy with, the client needs to be able to make some changes past sign off. Some sort of contingency is useful here or at least some boundaries of what can or cannot be changed at various stages. Um, and all of that needs to be factored into the pricing. So perhaps it's perhaps there is a halfway house here, which is that, you know, maybe we're signing off some aspects of the design and not others. For example, perhaps we should be signing off layout because that's a bitch to change once you move. But you could go, well, you know, maybe the color's not exactly right at this stage. Let's change that later. How would you feel about that kind of approach? Kind of do that anyway. Yeah, we- I know we do um what what we're doing when we're asking for design sign off and this is why it isn't as such a stressful thing as you're arguing um is we'll say to people that what we're looking to sign off is sort of the the general look and feel we're not saying um you know because we're not going to do comps of every template we're going to design we've never you know we certainly don't do that we're looking at designing a couple of comps usually after doing wireframing and after doing doing mood boards etc etc um that cover the majority of the design look and feel but other aspects that aren't covered we'll we'll deal with and agree during the build designing in browser so i guess to a certain extent we already do that yes maybe let's have a look let's have a look at some negatives because uh, it was quite interesting actually there there was an underlying theme here that all of those um, people that worked for larger organisations with bigger clients, so Headscape, Happy Colgan, a couple of others, they were all, yeah, let's let's you know, let's slacken off on the design sign-off. All those that work on smaller sites, business owners and stuff like that, they were like, no, design sign-off. We would be screwed without design sign-off. Um, uh, which is kind of what I said. Which but, I, I kind of actually accept that. Um, and those people exist everywhere. Uh, and we, we've said many, many times that, you know, we, we like to be able to try and choose the projects we work on. And to a certain extent, I guess we do. Um, but you still, if you might love the project, but not get on with the client. 
So you might still choose to do it, is what I'm trying to say. So therefore, in that particular situation, you'd feel a lot more comfortable with the design being signed off. Yeah, but the t- where I keep coming back to is you're saying up a, a set of rules based on everybody being an asshole. No. Or that every project has potentially got an asshole in it. On, in, <laughs> on that basis, we should be, you know, setting all kinds of boundaries. I, you know, I'm a no, believer. I think the yeah. best of people, Marcus. That's yeah. what it comes down to. You know, I believe that humanity is a good race and that they, they you know, they're trying their best and that we should treat them with respect and love. <laughs> While you seem to be want to want to kind of lock everybody away. You know, it's it, in your eyes, it's guilty before proved innocent or whatever it is. I, I think the tack you're taking is proving that I'm right. No, it's not. I'm just <laughs> trying to put some humour into this because we obviously disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, well, we, we don't disagree because, as yes, I say, we do. based on 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 the Brad's comment, which you're saying is an agree, I'm agreeing with him. I'm saying yes, you should. There are you're, you're not nailing down everything. You're you're signing off a, a look and feel. You're you're not signing off every tiny little piece of a design. And we've done that for years. Yeah, but you, you, okay, we we sign off a general direction in the fact that we only you know do design comps for a couple of the screens, but we still um, you know in, insist on signing off the typography and the color and and you know those kinds of elements. Yeah, which I think is the, it's it's sensible if you start making those kind of changes later on. Um, then you haven't done your job properly in the first place. Well, no, because I think sometimes you should be testing throughout the project. And I think, you know, further down the line, we could well be in a situation of of finding that a colour doesn't work for, you know, a certain group of users or or that, you know, a particular typeface that we pick, pick doesn't render particularly well in IE6. I six, blimey! Well, all right, I six, <laughs> yeah, might have been a bit extreme, but you know, but we quite often, that you know, that color and that type, that typeface were given to us from the, the the you know the branding guidelines that are set in stone. But then I think we should be challenging those. We can challenge it, but you won't change it. Ninety nine <laughs> times out of a hundred. Oh, that's so false, so <laughs> false. I've been talking to. I'm doing work with the University of Strathclyde at the moment, yes. and I was talking to um, Ashley, who's the guy that's in charge of the the brand guidelines there. And he's like, he's really down to earth and amenable, and understands that you know some things need to be tweaked for the web. I don't think branding branding people are the Nazis you're making them out. Once again, you're just <laughs> judging people and making them out to look like evil human beings. And I'm think, I'm just saying, think of the best of people. Uh, Marcus. Okay, that's it. You've changed my mind. From now on, we won't have design sign-off. You heard it here. I've got it recorded. Now all we need to do is convince Pete and Chris, and everything will be great. No, that's it. That's it. It's all on you, Paul. I, I don't mind taking responsibility. <laughs> you know how how you know good I am at taking responsibility and following through with things. <laughs> well, you're quite good. Yes, yeah, the first part you're quite good, but it's the following through bit, isn't it? I'm having to follow through with this University of Strathclyde thing. It's quite a shock to my system. I've never worked so hard the last couple of days. <laughs> so what are the other comments here? Shall I read some? Yeah, go on. So you can read some of the negative ones. That'll make you happy. They're not negative. They just disagree. Well, they're negative then, aren't they? They disagree with me. Therefore, they're wrong. <laughs> and cynical and miserable. Right. Adam says, without a sign-off, uh, without sign-off, complex changes might be requested by management or what or what could be worse is that the design is simply never finished, especially if nobody agrees with the finished design. 
Yeah, fair. I mean, doesn't. Yeah. Weak okay. argument. Yeah. I'm dismissing you, Adam. Um, design side. <laughs> yeah, stop. <laughs> they love it when I insult them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes, of course they do. Um, this is Tim. Tim sounds very nice. Um, design sign-off doesn't guarantee no changes, but I've found that a stakeholder will engage and give more consideration to a project when they have had, when they have to put their name against it. That's an interesting. I think that's angle. a really. I think it's a good argument as well. I have trouble disagreeing with that one. Mm, and focuses the mind and all that kind of thing, yeah. rather than just sort of dithering about. Bugger! I didn't think of that one. Yeah, damn you, Tim, for coming <laughs> up with a good argument. Yeah, well, I've always said that it's the same with deadlines, isn't it? You yeah. Know, more moan, 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 we've got to get this done by next Wednesday. But actually, it gets it done. Yeah. <laughs> and the same thing applies. Yes, we have to get this signed off by the end of next week. Then everyone works hard to make the right decision. Yeah. And, and I love Kev's as well. It's amazing how clients are willing to draw a line under pedantic changes if you make them aware that they've exhausted their allocation of iterations and that further work at this stage will incur extra cost and have an impact on deadlines. Mm-hmm. So in other words, people stop complaining when they, when they have to pay money for it. Mm-hmm. But then we don't have a set number of allocations. No, we don't. Not allocation. Set number of allocations? What the hell's that? Iterations. Iterations. No, no we don't. Um, but we, still, we will still push for agreement because, you know, it, if it just kind of fizzles on then you know um, then the project slips exactly so it might not be money but it's time and affects other projects and Mm. things like that so so yeah we don't specifically say you get three three versions of this because i i I mean i disagree strongly with that mainly because it makes people think oh i've got three goes at this i'll have three goes when it might be perfect first time yeah yeah absolutely oh yeah good good point i like that um right so hang on a minute so keen Sign-off for me is to filter out indecisive clients who, without sign-off, would happily allow, happily allow web designer to... <laughs> what? what? Are you taking the mick out of my pronunciation? No, no, I was coughing. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I've got a cough. I've got come a bit coldy as oh, well. Oh, don't start. No, I am. Poor old Keen now has been cut off. He had his moment moment <laughs> to shine and convince us, and you've gone off on a tangent. I'll start again from the top. Here we go. Sign-off for me is to filter out indecisive clients who, without sign-off, would happily allow a web designer to begin without being 100% decided on basic decisions such as layout, logos, or colour scheme. Yeah, you didn't make... You didn't shine, Keen. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And on the fence... I like... This this is quite a good one. Go on, Adrian. We'll finish with Adrian. Adrian, you can have the last word, mate. Okay. In bigger or more well-structured organisations, I feel you can definitely push to go down the iterative, evolutionary, design-in-the-browser route. If you're, kind, if you're the kind of company that is more regularly dealing with brochure sites, small businesses, or busy one-man one army, oh, sorry, struggling to read this, entrepreneurs bootstrapping a business for themselves, then I think you're more likely to run into the kind of people who just want you to get the job done and prefer a design sign-off as well as a cheap price tag. So, yeah, that's what we've kind of been saying. Yeah, that's it, that kind of sums it. It was Adrian's comment that made me realise, well, actually, all the people that were in favour of this are bigger organisations. So, yeah, if you're big, then you can faff around. If you're small, then you need to get design sign-off. Yeah, it comes back to my original point. It's about budget, really. Yeah. Really, that's what it's about. Yeah, damn you. 
Damn you for being right. I hate it when you do that. Stop it immediately. I think on that, we need to move on quickly onto a subject where hopefully you will be wrong. Okay. And we're talking about ethics, so you're bound to be wrong on that, being completely unethical as you are. I'm not unethical. (laughs) Right, we're going to have to carry this on after the... The doodly bit, yes. What do you mean you're not unethical? You're a salesman, Marcus. Of course you're unethical. (laughs) It goes through the territory, doesn't it? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, all <laughs> salespeople are dodgy wheeler dealer types, aren't they? You're a salesman. No, I'm not. Yes, you bloody are. I'm a marketeer, and they're much better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What have I become? <laughs> a salesman. Do you know, I really remember and that right at the end of um, when we were working for the dot-com before, before we moved to Headscape... Um, uh, Pete, who's now our project manager, suggested that actually, instead of leading the design team as I was, I should do more sales stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was horrified. And it was like, no way am I doing that. And look at me now. I know. Sad, isn't it, really? <laughs> I'm I, not- don't think, I don't think generally I'm an unethical person. <coughs> I really don't. I mean, I don't know. It's a really tough one, isn't it? Because you can go down to the point of, well, we should all be vegans and we should all ride bicycles um, and etc. Um, so from that point of view, I guess I'm not. I take, you know, I take plane flights. I drive around in a big German car. Um, it, I, I, there are certain luxuries that I enjoy, I suppose. Um, but I think generally that I like to think that I'm reason, a reasonably ethical person. So I'm interested to see what this argument is all about. So, so it feels like um, he protests too much. That was a very long speech about how you're not unethical. <laughs> <laughs> he protesteth too much. Indeed. Uh, right. So this is the wording of this is quite important, I think. This house proposes that web designers should refuse to do work they consider unethical. Okay. So if you're completely unethical, you can do what you like. Exactly. (laughs) Because otherwise you get into this big argument about what's ethical and what isn't. Yes. So it's more of, you know, should you actually do something that you are intrinsically uncomfortable with? Um, mm. you know, and I think that's quite interesting. And there's so it's got into such a good conversation in the comments. So I've got stack loads of stuff to go through. So before talking about, um, you know, uh, what we think, I think let's let's dive into some people that that um, have written stuff. And I'm gonna immediately turn this somebody who who decided to pick on me in this conversation. Um, so this is from Chris. He said, I think in your case, Paul, the case is clear. You have been open about the fact that you are a Christian. So the answer has to always be a resounding. No, I will not do things that are unethical. Um, some could argue that you have a responsibility to your employees to ensure that work comes in. Yes, agreed. And that I shouldn't be turning away. But you also have a responsibility to um, those using the sites you build. And they are far more numerous than your staff. Finally, as a boss, you cannot ask your staff to do something you're not willing to do yourself. (laughs) Well, you can. Yes, you can. (laughs) (laughs) You Um, might choose not to, but um, you can. So I don't know whether I I entirely agree with that. It's a difficult one. One, yeah, the last point, finally, um, as a boss, you cannot ask um, somebody to do something you're not willing to do yourself. I don't know whether I agree with that. So let's say, for example... 
Um, I bet there would be a situation. Let's say we were asked to design. Oh, this is going to be so controversial and will wind Marcus up to no extent but it's it, it, i'm picking it on purpose let's uh, say we were asked to oh, no. um build a website for the scientologists right right now you would I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth marcus but correct me if i'm wrong you would just think that's vaguely funny but i'll take their money not a chance wouldn't work for them in a million years oh would you not no okay that's a bad example there. okay let's pick a more mainstream really jehovah witnesses would uh, you work for them I don't think I'd be involved in the project, but I don't think I would necessarily say no if it was the right kind of brief, etc., etc. Yeah, I guess that's kind of my point, is that there are, there are some projects that I personally would be a bit uncomfortable with, um, but some of my staff would be quite happy to work on. Mm. Uh, and, and so... And also, there's another consideration. Perhaps if you're a, if you're a sole web designer, this is slightly different. But you know, in in our case at Headscape, um, you know, you and me, we have different views of the world and different things that we would consider be eth- consider ethical or not ethical. But I wouldn't insist that we didn't do some piece of work that I found unethical if you were comfortable with it, because it's you know we're not running a Christian company; we're running a company. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. So actually, I, I think there is a case to be argued for it's okay for your staff to do something you wouldn't be willing to do yourself, presuming that they're happy doing it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to think of a what kind of site. Yeah, I was struggling with a, that. Would a Christian not want to do that an atheist would want to do? I can't, I'm struggling with that. Well, I think it depends what type of Christian you are, doesn't it? Right. I mean, there would be some Christians that would be deeply unhappy with working on a, you know, a gay marriage website. Um, while I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, okay, I, fair enough. I think, yeah, it would be that kind of thing. I, I, I'm struggling to think of an example myself. Yeah, because I, I mean, yeah, when this is uh, we're this is dangerous ground, isn't it? <laughs> and I'm just going to shut up. Well, no, I, no, no, I don't think it is. I think you can have. We yeah, we had a very mature discussion about gender. So why not religion? Hell, you know, yeah. I, I don't think it needs to be uh, needs to be a problem area. It is quite interesting, mine, because because everybody ethics isn't you know that is probably a bad one to start yeah. with really because he immediately associated it with religion yeah and actually ethics have got nothing to do with religion yes well that's what i was going to kind of say in a in a very throwaway kind of way which i won't do it in a throwaway kind of way but yeah uh, everybody has ethics yeah and it, things that they consider right and wrong and just because you believe in something some kind of religion that doesn't mean to say that you're automatically an ethical person Oh, yeah, no, absolutely not. So, so therefore, <laughs> I think we should move on to a different... Well, actually, David David picks it up well, uh, kind of moves it on. He, he talks about ethics, schmethics. Um, he, he, you, the, uh, your only ethical responsibility um, the, uh, is that we as business entities have to make a profit for our companies and shareholders. <laughs> this isn't to say we shouldn't take into account ethical concerns that people hold. But we should do this through the lens of what is good for our business. And he uses a, uh, this is quite interesting. I, I'll be interested to see whether you agree with this. Um, for example, personally, I find the BNP, which is a um, kind of a right wing um, political party in the UK that says a lot about yeah, immigration and that kind of stuff. Personally, he finds the BNP morally repugnant. 
But if you approached me to um, for, to redesign their website, I wouldn't turn it down on moral grounds. I would, however, turn it down because of the reputa- reputational and long-term financial damage it would cause to my brand. Hmm. I'd turn it down. I'd just say no. But then that's um. This is. I mean, we, we're. I think we're slowly getting to the nub of this. This comes down to how much you need the work. Yes. Because I've just, you know, BNP, God no. Um, I mean, and to be honest, to go back to your previous Jehovah's Witness one, I wouldn't want to do that either. Right. Um, well, you kind of, you're not a great fan of any religious group. Well, oh, I no, thought of one true. we might disagree I mean, with. Here we go. I would struggle to um, work on Richard Dawkins' website because I think he's a giant dick. <laughs> but I'm imagining you would quite happily do that. No problem at all. Yeah. So there's there's an example of it that I find his views quite offensive and and demeaning to people that have religious views. While you you would you know you'd probably agree with most of him, and so that would be an example of one where we would disagree. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't insist on us turning that project away as Headscape. Because I know you'd be comfortable with it and that many, many people in the company would be comfortable with it. But I would prefer not to work on it. Yeah. And I was kind of making that point earlier about something else that I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a the the example that David gave about it, you've got to be very careful about what you take on because of the way, you know... Reputation. Yeah, future reputation. Um but if it comes down to uh, whether you want to take something on because you need to feed your kids, ooh, well, that's when we get into the the real nub of this, I think. Yeah. And Benjamin talks about, I think it's difficult in this day and age to be completely ethical in all your practices while earning enough money to support yourselves and your family. As a designer, it's up to you to convince clients. Um, see, so so he's saying, yes, we you end up doing, you know, unethical stuff you know or the stuff that you're uncomfortable with um which i think is it depends on what you're talking about here we focus very much on different types of clients Mm. um and david's focusing on you know the reputational effect that has for example we had a a big debate didn't we about whether to take on love honey Mm. and love honey produce um you know sell sex toys and and that kind of thing and in the end we decided we would do um, because we didn't see a problem with it, but th- we weren't we weren't um, d- considering not taking on Love Honey because they produce sex toys and those are dirty. <laughs> you know, it, it, we were think- wondering what the reputational effect of that was, whether there would be a stigma attached to it that would damage us as a brand. Yeah, but I think Benjamin he then gets into um, kind of other areas which are quite interesting, which is. Um, uh, which I think it was in my head when I talked about unethical behavior, which isn't about the type of client or the product or whatever else, but is things that they ask you to do on sites. Yes. So, for example, he goes on um, uh, to talk about dark patterns. He says, as designers, it's up to us to convince our clients that best um, best practices are followed. And if you end up implementing a dark pattern, now a dark pattern might include something like, you know, those tricks that you can use to, um, you know, whether you have a checkbox where you say thing, use double, double negatives, yeah, yeah. you know, uncheck this box if you would like to receive information on, you know, it's yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, dark, um, that you, uh, if you end up implementing a dark pattern or feature that it will piss off users and you fail to do your job if you can't convince them of that. You know, if, if they 
if they, uh, you know, it's our job to try and convince them of that kind of stuff. So I think that's quite interesting. You know, dark patterns are an interesting one because we've become very slick as a profession over, you know, those kinds of marketing and psychological tricks to make people do what you want. And where's the line in that? You know, if I put an image on a website of a person, I know that a user will automatically look at it. So I've manipulated a user into looking at something I want them to look at. Is that wrong? No, I don't think it is. But is it wrong to, um, you know, have a situation where um, you start automatically sending emails out to people without specifically asking their permission or having a tiny little hidden link that someone might miss that says, I'm going to tweet to all your followers? You know, somewhere in between all of that, there's a line, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, but there's advertising and there's manipulation. Yes. Um, But in terms of kind of putting food on the table, Ant says something. um, While you may be leaving money on the table in the short term, um, in the long term, if your business becomes associated with underhand tactics on the web, your reputation as a business and as a professional will suffer, possibly beyond being repaired. Yes. So other people are going to look at the work you've done, basically, Mm. which is a big part of it. Um. P. Mort says something quite interesting. This kind of goes back to the more general issues of would you work with the BNP? You know, if you can't make a stand as a human being um, against um, requests you perceive as unethical, then you have made yourself a name as somebody who is willing to do what is unethical. So you, yeah, you so can't, that's all you'd ever do. Yeah, you just end up always doing unethical stuff, mm. which is you know a, quite a depressing side. I mean, a classic example of that is you know designing pornography sites. You know, basically, you can make an incredibly good living making pornography sites. You can get paid top dollar to do that kind of work. But if you start doing that work, you need to be aware that is all you will ever build. Mm. You know, that you you will ghettoize yourselves. And, you know, I'm not making any judgments about whether that's right or wrong, but you need to be aware of what you're doing before you go into it. Mm. Should we have a look at some of the on-the-fence ones? Oh, we've got, I didn't, we've got, I haven't gone down that far. Yeah, there's loads. Oh, yeah, yeah. You really, um, we're not going to be able to cover all of these, so please go and check out the show notes and follow through to the comments because there's some really great stuff. Uh, let's have a look at David. Um, how do you deem what is unethical? Would you refuse, refuse to work for a sh- uh, car showroom because of the carbon emissions of some of the pe- uh, that some people find unethical? And this goes back to the wording of the question where I say, you know, should refuse to do work you consider or they consider unethical. Exactly. I mean, that's when I was when I was um, squirming at the start about being ethical or am I or, 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 or am I ethical or, or unethical? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I wouldn't have a problem working for Audi say no um, no i could i could quite enjoy that, that. would be a nice site to design um but yeah the once again it's it's where do you draw the line yeah and andy follows it up so it's take for example gay pride you know i personally wouldn't have an issue with that but um nor any other type of equality charity but some people may and it wouldn't pass their ethical debt gate it's down to that person or that company themselves um to make a decision over that and yeah, i would agree with that um, Pam says, um, if you work as I do in the trenches and an employee within a studio or agency, it's very unlikely that you would have the authority to refuse to work on a project or turn down a client's request because you find it questionably ethical, ethically questionable. 
You could raise an objection with your boss, but ultimately you are not the decision maker, which leaves three options. Quietly get on with it um, in despite, despite your reservations. Quit your job or try to persuade the client with reasoned, fact-based arguments um, that what they are proposing isn't ethically sound and may alienate users. <sighs> yeah. I, <laughs> I agree with those options, but to apply, to apply that you've got no control over it is wrong. I think you can raise an objection. And, you know, and our, my members of staff regularly do, you know, at Headscape. They go, oh, that's a terrible idea. And, and I think if one of them turned around to me and said, you know, I feel really uncomfortable working on this Christian site because I think oh, you're all a load of nutters, then I would respect that. And I would try and uh, avoid them working on that particular site. Um, yes, but that's, that's just just to go maybe to play a devil's advocate a bit on that. It, it's if you're working on a site in Pam's situation, you're you're an employee, and you're one of a team of designers, and your and your project is fine. It's it's all good. It's all good. Um, it's it's not a, an, a a company that you would be you'd view as unethical. But there's one thing in there where they're saying um I, yeah. I can't think of a good example but it's just one thing that everyone else thinks a is dark a pattern yeah something yeah. like that rather than it all being a bit oh this is dodgy yeah um yeah should you stand out that's actually the kind of example that we should be um, yeah focusing on because yeah. that's a yeah that's a more it's not as black and white exactly and then if you go back to this house proposes that web designers should refuse to w- do work they consider uneth- unethical when it's an example like that, then that's it's like, ooh, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I I take the view. Um, I, I my view on that one. What I personally do is I will tell a client once. I will lay out my argument as clearly as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, why I think this is a bad idea, and then it's their decision. Because because you you don't. Yes, you have an obligation to defend the user from being you know spammed by tweets that they you know didn't agree to or whatever whatever the dark pattern is Mm. um yes you have a responsibility to put the argument but ultimately your contractual arrangement and that you've entered into is with your client um and that you have said that you would deliver a solution to them so in that kind of situation i will state what i believe is the right thing for the client to do um and what i believe is right ethically but I will pretty much go with the flow, presuming they're not suggesting anything that's illegal, Mm. you know? So if they wanted to break data protection, for example, then I may well um, refuse to, but if they just want to implement a dark pattern, if they reject my arguments, I think I would go on and, and, Mm. um, you know, do it, do it for them. Which means you disagree with the house. Yeah, I guess I do. Yeah. Tricky. It depends what you mean by unethical at the end of the day. Well, no, he doesn't. We've kind of got to the nub of this. It isn't... Yeah, I mean, the example we've just done there is something that you, the designer, thinks is unethical, um, but you've given them the choice, and if they turn around and say, well, no, do it, whatever, we're the boss, we're paying you, then you do it anyway. Yeah, I think I would do. I think, you know, not with... not with something that breaks the law, but if I've taken... For me, I think the big thing is, if I have if I have taken on 
the job of designing the website and if i've signed a contract and if i which is effectively a promise to the client mm-hmm. then my ethical uh, radar for want of a better word meter however you put it would rate that higher than than i would feel more unethical breaking that relationship with the client than i would implementing a dark pattern I actually disagree with you personally on this. I think that you're a senior enough, senior enough person that owns his own business that you would refuse to do it. Um, but what, even with a client that we've we've got a, an a, agreement with? Um, I, th- I think to a certain extent, uh, it, we without a real example, it's really hard to. Yeah, uh, I can't think of an example where where I haven't. I think you would not back down. I think is a better way of putting it. Well, I can think of an example where we did exactly that with Aster Development. So Aster Development wanted to... I wouldn't uh, say that's unethical. Well, uh, let me explain what it is for the the listener. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Oh, you have to. Yeah, (laughs) which basically... Yeah, I'm not convinced it is either now I say it, but I need to explain anyway. Um, They they asked um, us to essentially force users to... um, uh, to um, register for their uh, to view a demo of their product. No, that's not unethical, is it? It's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's my point. It's it's mm. kind of like that's their sales decision. We disagree with it, but yeah, fair enough. No, all right. I can think of another example more recently, which is um, uh, Butterfly, big uh, the Butterfly Conservation website. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got um, a horribly complicated. Um, form to that where you have to opt out of um, certain things so that they don't spam you um, and I tried to persuade them that that was a bad idea um, they pretty much said no we're going to go with it as it is keep it the way it is and I backed down and let them have that okay all right I'm so wrong. there we go. I'm wrong about you, Paul. I thought you were more 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 manly than that. Obviously, no, I, I'm I, <laughs> no. I just I just think that it, ultimately it's their website. It's not my website. Mm. Um, and so if they, you know, unless they're asking me to do something illegal, mm. you know, I'll try hard. I'll battle my corner. Um, I guess also it depends on how strongly I feel about exactly. it. Exactly. Um, you know, some things you feel more strongly about than others. But just going back to Pam's thing, just for a minute, you know, if there's something bigger that you feel like, uneth- you know, is unethical. You know, if somebody came to, one of my employees came to me and said, I really don't want to work on that site. I would I would say, fine, we'll put you on something else. If a boss wouldn't do that, I'd have to seriously consider whether I want to be working in that company if they cared so little about my feelings. Mm. Wouldn't you say? Yes, but you know, I think sometimes we live in a in in a quite a pleasant world um, and don't necessarily. Have... We don't live with the cold, harsh reality of working life. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think we we have a very stressful existence, um, but it's it's based on. Um, I I don't know. I think we're a, we've always been a fairly ethical company. Um, fair hopefully we, you know we want people to want to work for us and yeah things like that but i don't but think not everybody does i don't think everybody's like that no no 
I'm just such a nice guy. That's is what, what it comes, comes down to. to. That's what it comes down to, Paul. Yeah, yeah. And you, I'll, I'll, I'll include you in that. <laughs> We're such nice people. Very, very nice indeed. Very nice. And we've gone on for blooming ages. Have we really? We ought to finish this show then, aren't we? Really? Yes. I guess it's, it's got dark outside <laughs> exactly. while we're recording this, so it probably is time to finish, isn't it? <laughs> okay. So, have you got a joke for us to wrap up? Because there has been very little in the way of humour in this show. It's all been quite serious. Indeed. But that probably means it's a good one. Yeah, probably. Uh, Yes, a joke from Wizard, uh, who sends me many jokes. I like this one. A musician who joined an orchestra on a cruise ship was having a terrible time keeping time with the rest of the band. Finally, the band leader said, Look, either you learn to keep time or I'll throw you overboard. It's up to you. Sink or swim. I don't get that. (laughs) Don't you? Sink or swim? Synchronise or swim. Ah, oh. S Y N C or Alban. Oh, it wasn't a very good one then, was it? Well, it, either it wasn't a very good one, or I'm really thick. It could easily be either. Write in and tell us. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's probably just me being thick. I got another wonderful bass. Uh, uh, oh no, I've just given it away. Damn. Oh, that's uh, so another annoying. musician Keep it. Joke. Keep it for another day because we'll have forgotten exactly. by then. Yes. All right, then. Well, thank you very much for li- listening to this show. I hope you're enjoying the debates, because I think it's quite interesting. I quite like it as a format. Exactly. Um, so, okay, if you've got any other ideas for other subjects, please keep them coming in, because I really do struggle to come up with ideas. Um, so any, any suggestions are much appreciated. Otherwise, we'll talk to you again next week. Cheers. Bye. 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 Oh,